Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are revealing number 24 on the top 25 most interesting fantasy players. And it is the big man, DeAndre Ayton. He's just been traded to the Portland Trailblazers. Is he set for a career season? Let's go! talking about G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And like we said today, guys, second installment of the 25 most interesting fantasy basketball players. And yesterday's podcast or YouTube channel or YouTube video, whatever you want to call it, uh, is out where we talked about... Number 25, which was Mark Williams. So this series, if you're new to this series, you haven't checked that out, I'm going through the top 25, at least in my opinion, most interesting, most fascinating, and potentially the most influential players in fantasy basketball leagues this season. Um, this is not 25 of the best. This is 25 of the players that I think are the most interesting and have maybe the most amount of room to um, change their value compared to where they're being drafted, change their value given uh, a wide range of outcomes and are uh, just all around interesting and, um, you know, something for us to talk about. So it's a bit of a deep dive, a bit of a, you know, look into the weeds about all the uh, comings and goings about their fantasy value, what could go right, what could go wrong, and settle in onto where we think these players can be useful for our fantasy team. So 
Today we are talking about DeAndre Ayton and obviously the big news, DeAndre Ayton, he wasn't on this list until a few days ago and, and when he was traded uh, onto the Portland Trailblazers, his, he makes his way onto this list because up until this uh, this season, he's been a pretty boring fantasy player because he kind of does the same thing every season. But this year he is moving into what I think is a better situation at the Portland Trailblazers compared to at Phoenix where he was stuck behind Durant, Booker and Beal. And now he's on a team that is going to be Pretty bad, I think, and a very young team looking to build um, some experience into their young up-and-coming guards. So I think that he has a better opportunity this season. But how good is he going to be? That is the question we're going to ask today. And where should you be drafting him? Now, I'm recording this video on the 29th of September. So at the moment, um, the ADP is still... Um, adjusting to what has just happened with his trade. So um, at the time of recording, I don't know exactly where his average draft position or his Yahoo rank or ESPN rank is going to change um, and what it's going to change to. So obviously, we're going to go through in a second his ADP data. It is going to be a bit off. It will rise, I think, compared to what it is at the moment. But we're going to talk about now where we think he should be going and what he could potentially do this season. So let's get into DeAndre Ayton and go through some of the... Um, uh, I guess the basics. So, DeAndre Aiden, he is 25 years old. He is, um, last year he played 67 games. So, pretty good, I think, by NBA standards by this stage. Nothing's too concerning for us to worry about there. His Yahoo ADP is at 54. Fantrax is just at around 65. ESPN at 97. Um, firstly, ESPN, what what the hell? What? Who do you actually draft over on ESPN with all these players who are going so late? It, I just don't actually understand uh, the ADP numbers from ESPN. But 97 over there. Um, and if we just look at last year's stats, he was the 55th ranked player. He was the 56th ranked player in a minus one setting, which is taking out his uh, three-pointers. So very similar with his nine-cat and minus one rankings. And for a Yahoo points rank, he was the 59th ranked player. So pretty consistent 55 to 60 range for his ranking last season. So I think at the Yahoo ADP of 53.9, fairly reasonable um, if you were expecting much of the same. But again, He's in a completely new situation now, so those ADP numbers will change. And if we just look at what he averaged last season from a pure statistical standpoint, he put up 18 points, 10 rebounds, uh, really no threes, 1.7 assists, 0.6 steals, 0.8 blocks, 59% from the field and 76 from the free throw line. So the big value are is the um, the rebounds, the field goal percentage, and a little bit of points as well. So tiny bit of blocks as well. So the rest of it is all average or below average. So the threes were poor for him. The assists and steals were poor for him as well. He doesn't hurt you from the free throw line as a big man, which can be viewed as a, a decent positive. Uh, but overall... Fairly ho-hum numbers, I would say. Pretty pretty boring, pretty stock standard, and we've expected and seen that from him for the last few years. But what can we expect from him in Portland? Now, to answer that question, what I'm going to be doing is going and looking back on what he's done in the past in different situations. So the first thing I want to look at in today's podcast and today's video. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Is what? 
what was he at his best? And his best season of his career was actually his second season in the NBA when it comes to fantasy basketball. This was the 2019 and 20 season and the year before that Chris Paul arrived on the Phoenix Suns. In this season, he averaged 18.2 points, 11.5 rebounds, nearly two assists, and 1.5 blocks, 0.7 steals. He shot 54.5 from the field and 75.3% from the free throw line. So that had him good enough for 31st in nine category rankings, um, which for him, we know that based on last year, the minus one rankings and points rankings follows suit fairly, fairly similarly. Um, and compared to last year, obviously, which, uh, oh, sorry, the year after when CP3 arrived, his points dropped down to 14.4. His rebounds weirdly drops down to 10.5 instead of 11.5. Steals went back 0.1, but that's not much. Blocks went from 1.5 to 1.2. Field goal percentage went up from 54.5% to 62.5%. So that's a decent rise. Free throw percentage, pretty similar. So the usage rank. Usage rate was the biggest change here. So before CP3 was there, he was at a usage rate of 23.6%. And after CP3 arrived, the year after, we were all expecting him to make, uh, will benefit a lot from that because you've got an elite uh, Hall of Fame point guard joining your team. You think the center is going to benefit, but his usage rate actually dropped five percentage points, which is a big, big drop uh, for someone like him, especially considering Chris Paul is not a high usage player. But it seemed to me that obviously he... The, the numbers have shown pretty um, consistently throughout the time of CP3 in um, Phoenix that uh, he does better without CP3 on the floor. And that was 41st on the 2020-2021 uh, season. He didn't drop as far because, like we said, that field goal percentage did rise up a fair bit. So what can we expect uh, for him to do when it comes to this season? Now, he's obviously moving over to a team in the Portland Trailblazers. So you're not playing with uh, a player like Chris Paul who's going to dominate the ball. You're not playing with um, elite usage, high-scoring players like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. You're on a team where you've got young guards, um, Scoot Henderson, uh, Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, Jeremy Grant. So I would expect that that usage comes up and reflects more of what we saw in that 2019-2020 season. So the question there is, does that then affect his field goal percentage? And the other question that we're going to have to talk about is the minutes and also the block rate. So obviously the key thing that made him very valuable in that, that second season of his was his 1.5 blocks. Was that something that we can show a flash in the pan? Well, let's let's dive into that a little bit. So the key things we're looking at here, I've got three key stats that I want to focus in on for him. It's the blocks, it's the minutes, and the usage. So for DeAndre Aiden, across his entire career, he's averaged one just over one block per game, 1.02. Um, with last season, he blocked 0.8. The season before that, he blocked 0.7. So it's been trending the wrong way since he started as a rookie and his second year in the NBA, weirdly enough. But we should also tie that back into, I'll combine the two points there at the, the top there, the blocks and the minutes. So his career minutes is 30.74. In the season where he blocked 1.5 shots per game, he put up 32.5 minutes. So an extra couple of minutes across that career average, which also increased the block rate. But the other thing to note about that season in particular as well is that he did that in just 38 games. So the sample size for that 2019-20 season is much smaller than a lot of his other games where he played 69, 58, and 67 games in his past three seasons. So... The 1.5 blocks to me looks like the most of, looks mostly like the outlier in this situation. 
Um, so to me, I think that the career average of his 1.02 blocks is something that is more realistic for us to expect. I'd probably be more shocked if he averaged 1.4, 1.5 blocks than if he averaged 0.7 blocks. I think he's not a guy that we can pencil in and rely on the fact that, oh, he's going to a new situation. He's going to start blocking shots now. I don't think that that's going to be the case. Now, whenever you do change defensive schemes, coaches, systems, there is that chance that the the defensive schemes funnels the team or the players into a bit more. He is a big dude. You'd think he'd be able to block shots. He blocked a decent amount of shots in college. Uh, but I think when it comes to projecting and expecting that from him, um, I think that that's going to leave you in a bit of trouble. So for the moment, I think if we just kind of put him around that one block shot per game, I think that's reasonable enough for us to expect rather than that 1.5, which he did in 2019-20, and even the 1.2 that he did the year after in 2020-2021. So I think more around that one block shot per game is more reasonable to expect. The minutes here are probably the biggest thing that I think can be the reason he increases in value. So his career minutes uh, across, obviously, his career is 30.74. Last season, he played 30.4. The year before that, 29.5. So he hasn't played more than 30 and a half minutes for the past two seasons. He's only cracked over 32 minutes once in his season. That was the season where he was um, the highest in his fantasy value. And I think this season, I've talked about this a little bit in the initial trade reactions. When you have the situation of Nurkic, who we were saying is the only center on this team. Um, well, he's now swapped positions with um, DeAndre Ayton, right? So behind DeAndre Ayton, their depth chart is actually very, very poor. I think their next best center for the uh, Portland Trailblazers, if I actually just pull up their depth chart right now, Portland Trailblazers, their depth chart is looking like their next best center is either a Moses Brown or an Ibu Baji. And I bet you a lot of you don't know who Ibu Baji is. But all that being said, it would not surprise me. In fact, I'm predicting that he's going to be coming out and he's going to be playing closer to 34, 35 minutes per night. So that in itself, I think, is going to be the biggest reason that we're going to see um, Dundra Ayton's value improve uh, because I think he is someone that as soon as those minutes come up, obviously the shot attempts are going to go up, the Blocks are probably going to get easily more close to that 1, 1.1 blocks per game. The rebounds are going to be easily going up as well. So I think in terms of comparing his career averages to what I'm projecting this season, I think the minutes are the easiest thing for me to go and say, yeah, I think he's going to get more minutes than this because there is simply no other option. He's a young center that's going to want to get his numbers up on a new team. Um, And I think the minutes are the easiest way to do that. There's no one really stopping him from getting a bunch of minutes this season. The last point here we're going to talk about is the usage. So DeAndre Aiden, again, we talked about um, you know the usage before Chris Paul got there being in that high, let's bring it back up, 23.6% usage rate. Um, last season, it, it went back down to 18%, but then it's slowly been creeping back up the year after that, 218 Then it went to 226 So it's been trending back towards that 23-24 range. I think that it's probably going to get, again, pretty close to that usage that we saw in that career year, which was 23.6. So you combine that with the increase in minutes, which is even higher than what we saw. So if he averaged 32.5 minutes in um, Phoenix that year, and I'm projecting him to be about 34, and a pretty similar usage rate, well, then we're going to see him in that season, obviously he went 182 
I think it's realistic to expect him to average more than 20 points per game based on those two things combined. And of course, the last thing we're going to talk about there is the uh, field goal percentage. So since that drop-in usage, he had um, two really efficient seasons where he went 62.6%, and then the year after that, 63.4%. Last year, dropped back to 58.9%, but remember that usage rate has slowly been creeping back up. So for me, it looks to me like DeAndre Ayton's um, usage rate rising causes his field goal percentage to drop a little bit. Now, I don't think it's going to drop all the way back down to the 54.6%. He put up in his second year. He's obviously, you know, he's more experienced now. So I expect he's going to be doing better than 54%. But I also don't expect it to be as high as like a 63% that we've seen from him, um, you know, the first couple of years that Chris Paul was there. So he's probably, in my opinion, going to drop back below under the the 60%. Pretty similar to what he did last year, to be honest. Um, Which, again, makes it more or less... I mean, it's going to be a really big boost to his value, his field goal percentage, but just temper your expectation that I don't think he's going to be a 60% guy. He's probably going to be more of like a 57, 58, 59%, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when it comes to doing his projections, it does actually move his ranking around a fair bit. So if we have a look at, with all that said and done, the range at which I expect DeAndre Ayton to sort of be, I think at a minimum, he's scoring 18 points per game. That is what he did last year. That's what he put up when he was in that career year where he had the same uses that I'm expecting him to have, and he did that in 32 and a half minutes. I think that's that's the bare minimum for him. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes as high as 22. I've got him settled in more around that 21 to 20 points per game range, which makes him a 20 and 11 and maybe one blocks kind of a guy. So the rebounds, I think you could see them go really quite high here. Um, He's averaged across his uh, career 10.7 rebounds per game. And again, if you combine that with the average of minutes he's been doing, if I expect that to go up, I think he can average close to 11.5 rebounds per game. Maybe he even cracks it to 12. We've seen a few players do that in the past two seasons. I think his rebounding is really his big strength. So um, I do think that he's going to be a very, very good player in that regard. The blocks, like I said, I don't expect him to get up to that 1.5 marker that he was at his career best. So more that 0.8, which was what he did last year, to the 1.1 if that increase in minutes does eventuate like I expect. I think that's as high as it can go. So that's the kind of range you're looking at there. And then again, minutes more in the high 50s, low 60s at best if he just brings it all together. But again, I'm more expecting that 58 to 59% mark. The assists are going to be shit. The steals are going to be shit. He's not going to shoot any threes. So those things, I think, remember, you're still drafting John Dre Aiden. These things are not going to change dramatically. But it's just those things that he is good at. He's going to have more of an opportunity to make them even more of a strength in his game. As for where I think we should be drafting him, um, currently my projections have him. I've updated them since the trade. And if I just have a look here, my projections have him... Oops, I'm looking at nine cat. I want to look at minus one. I think he's someone that we could comfortably say is a top 50 player. Very, very comfortably. I think we can probably say that he's someone that you can consider. Some people might go as early as the third round. I don't think I want to go that high. I think I'm more comfortable him in the fourth round. So, you know, late 30s into the 40s, I think is where I'd want to be getting him. Uh, Just because, again, he is somewhat... um, 
two-dimensional. It's points, it's rebounds, it's good field goal percentage. He won't hurt you from the free throw line. He won't um, turn the ball over a bunch. That's fine. But again, he won't shoot threes. He won't get assists. He won't get steals. The blocks are just eh. He's not a big block uh, shot blocker. Um, so I think he's going to be good. I think he's definitely someone that is the biggest winner of the trade. Previous to this, I had him ranked or, or projected out to be in the 60s or 70s because of the hit from the usage in adding some of those big three players across with Durant and Bradley Beal. So compared to where I had him projected prior to the trade, it's a significant bump up. But I wouldn't be reaching for him in the 20s, which I've seen some people grab him, or the early 30s. Although if you're in a pun assist steal build, I can understand it a little bit more. Again, I'm going to be very conscious of this in, in talking about a lot of these players is that Rankings are one thing, but building a team is the main goal in fantasy basketball. So if you can expect a 20 and 11 with a, with a block per game on high 50% field goal percentage of a guy who's not going to really hurt you from the free throw line, he's not going to help you, but he's not going to hurt you there. Um, I think that that's what you can expect from DeAndre Ayton. In terms of minus one rankings, I think that gets him around that you know, 40, 35 to 40 rank range. But um, again, that's... I don't know. Would you say that's a bit on the optimistic side? I'm not 100% sure. I think there's it's pretty easy to see him get there. There is probably scope for him to do even more if he's just maybe been, you know, bringing his game down. He's got something else that he can show. Um, maybe. Maybe there's some unseen upside that we haven't been able to see when he's been in Phoenix, you know, playing with players like Chris Paul and, and, and Devin Booker. So I think that actually probably might be a conservative range. So if you're super bullish, sure, if you may take him around the the turn of the uh, third and fourth round if he really if he ticks those boxes for you. Um, but that's about where I have him going. So that is DeAndre Ayton at number 24 on the most interesting. So we're going to be doing a podcast of this every single day right down to the countdown to the final weekend before fantasy drafts are going. So tomorrow we have pick number 23, the number 23 player. First of all, I'll get everyone to make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. Give the video a big thumbs up. And in a second, I'll give you a bit of a preview of what we're doing at number 23. But make sure you guys are subscribed. Also, if you haven't already, go over to ballboysmba.com and make sure you guys grab your uh, platinum or silver memberships over there to get access to all of my projections, my top 150 rankings, my top 150 rankings for points leagues as well. Um, you can also get my dynasty rankings, which are coming this weekend. I am just literally putting in uh, players' headshots onto that there, so it looks nice. But I've done all my rankings on that one there for the top 250 players for dynasty rankings. Took me a long time, but I'm keen to get that one up for you guys. So make sure you go over and check that one out. Number 23 tomorrow. I will give you a hint. The hint is this. This player has been a top 40 player before. And this season, he is getting drafted well outside the top 80. He is a guy that um, could be the best player on his team. He's also a guy that might not play that many minutes for his team as well. So let me know down in the comments, who do you think tomorrow's uh, uh, video is going to be about? Number 23. We're going to be counting down all the way down to number one, the most interesting players, and my thoughts in depth on where they should be going. So again, hit subscribe. Let's get to 10K subscribers and like the video. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. When you need- 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.